When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I'm Andrew Farmer. I'm Anna Dresden. And this is Scary, scary Stories to, to Tell on the Pod. It's a it, podcast. All about scary things, stories, legends. Ghosts. Goblins. And mostly... S- <laughs> fiends. Um, and Fools! Mo- <laughs> <laughs> Those are fiends that are ghouls. <laughs> um... And as maybe you've already uh, understood, um, one day of the week, we read a story from Alvin Schwartz's series of frightening books, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And uh, that's one of those episodes today. That's one of those right now. It's happening right now. It's happening. Um, I feel like uh, Anna told me which story she's doing before. and But just to preface it. Uh, I will say that this is one that uh, it took me a long time as a kid to understand what it meant. And it did make me think like most of these stories when I was told them at, at like four years old, I think I just understood that they were supposed to be scary and I didn't understand why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This wasn't scary really as a kid. Right. It felt like helpless. Right. But it's that same thing of like I think – I wonder how kids do it now because, and I know we've talked about this before, but like as a kid, maybe you did this too. um, I would like go to Blockbuster or the video vendor, which was the video rental place in our town in New Hampshire. um, And I would go to the horror aisle and just look at the boxes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I feel like I didn't know what I was doing at that point, but I think what I was doing was I was like trying to understand horror. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to get scared. Yeah. Love to be scared and understood that if I watched any of them, it would damage me forever. Mm-hmm. To me, to this day, yeah, the the boxes of the movies and the posters are like, for I haven't seen a lot of these movies. And to me, that's still what I think the movies are about. Like Silence yeah. of the Lambs. I'm like, yeah, you got absolute mouth on your face. I mean, moth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that moth. Silence of the Lambs, you got mouth face. That was my I understanding. Mean, <laughs> 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 Oh, three seconds before we started this episode, Anna confessed that she was so incredibly tired. And now I'm realizing I am too. So, listener, you're in for a real treat. Um, I'm going to try to say it one more time. Yeah. Just to see if I can. Don't edit any of this. You got mouth. <laughs> no. But I, the thing is, I do know what no. having mouth face looks like. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Here comes some <laughs> Like if you got extensive if you got a palate expander too young as a child, yeah. you're a mouth face. You got a mouth face. It feels like the sort of slur you'd hear in a Twilight Zone or like Star Trek episode about like aliens that have mouths 
like on their stomachs or something uh-huh. about humans. That's oh, this is what a couple episodes ago I was talking about that when I told scary stories, I made up scary stories at camp. There was a scary story I told called Mouth. And it was about um, a little girl who gets picked up from school from a relative she doesn't know named Great Aunt Lambie. And um, whenever Lambie. Great Aunt Lambie talks, her mouth doesn't move, but she's <gasps> talking. And then it, later in the story, it's revealed that she has a huge mouth in her stomach that she tries to eat the child with. I didn't know that. And the kids were losing their minds. I thought I was doing kind of a harmless, not scary story. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. And. And I and honestly, it caused an all-out blackout on scary stories at camp because kids were so scared of this. And I was like, what? Great Aunt Lambie. Great Aunt Lambie. They were so scared. That's the scariest. That's so you're such a talented storyteller. You're no, so good. I you think, should be rich. No, no. I really do think in that situation, it's that um, when you're a camp counselor and you're this authority for children who are away from their parents, it is a very messed up power structure where it's like they trust you. And now I'm a person they trust telling a scary story. And suddenly everything is not safe and they're all terrified. No, but I'm scared just hearing the description of it. Can I tell you? Because for whatever reason, the mouth would say mouth (laughs) in her stomach. And it was like when she was chasing, when Great Aunt Lambie was chasing the kid, the mouth would be saying mouth. And the and the voice I used to say it was mouth, mouth, mouth. Oh mouth, my mouth. god! And that's that's we're think, scared. That's I think what really got kids. Oh my god! To be scared. I mean, I didn't even know that, and I was already really scared. <laughs> Lamby spelled yeah. like Lammy. Yeah, like L A M B Y. Did just you know that name. that was Lena Dunham's dog's name? No, the this one was, that she gave this was, away. This was in like two thousand six, so this what? was well before okay. uh, I had any awareness of Lena Dunham. I mean. I think it was fine. People get upset about Lammy, but I think she did the right thing. Oh, really? Yeah. About the name? She just rehomed the dog. Oh, yeah. Because she was, like, traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. People are like, burn her. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Yeah. She could have, like, not done it and tried to hide it or something. I don't know. Right. No, I mean, you know, you got to do what's best for the dog. I believe in Lammy and I believe in Lena Dunham. I think she got <laughs> slurred. Um, I can't believe Mouth. Yeah. I can't believe it. But this, it's funny because there are some, like, this is a more, this story I feel like is a more, like, I mean, I'm making it sound like it's Chaucer or something, but it is a more, like, existential story. Oh, yeah. Rather than, like, there's a zombie without a toe coming for you, you know? Yeah, there, it is, it's another sort of all plot, no story story, Mm -hmm. but the plot is just much more believable, I guess. Like, it's less, like, it's an ant who's mad at you. I meant like a an animal. Are you in, oh yeah, um, yeah. It's like you made the tree mad, and now you're getting stabbed to death or something. It's like more reasonable. Um, what's the title, Anna? The title. It is from the third book, the um, Scary Stories Three: More Tales to Chill Your Bones. The title is The Appointment. A 16 year old boy worked on his grandfather's horse farm. Which like big and it's a big theme in here. It's exciting. Horses. I think I've done three horse stories since I started. <laughs> no, you did a horse story. I did a horse story, but um, Coldest Clay had a horse. Coldest Clay is horse. This had a horse. This is horse. And Harold. Well, no, they were cow cow hands. They were they were cow horses. Car, cow horses. <laughs> they were car hearts. <laughs> they would wear car heart. Um. Oh wait, I just remembered another story that involved. A horse that I used to tell my campers all the time because I thought it was the scariest thing. Oh, really? That was Bess. <gasps> yeah, Bess is scary. Well, I can't wait to tell that one. Edit that out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. This is the appointment. Uh, horse farm. Great. One morning, he drove a pickup farm into town on an errand. While, 
Did I say pickup town? <laughs> you did say pickup town. No. <laughs> Guys, I'm worried. I'm worried I have degenerative brain disease. No, it's just you have a lot of responsibilities. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. You drove a pickup moth. <laughs> he drove a pickup truck into town on an errand. While he was walking along the main street, he saw death. Death with a capital D. Mm. Honey. That part was not in it. Death beckoned to him. Um, it's also like everyone knows what beckon means. Like, you know what that looks Single like. Single finger. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of Curled. like, it's going in a circle. Your whole arm is in it. Yeah. Um, I'd be scared. I'd be scared too. I also feel like this kid doesn't have a driver's license. Oh, at this point in time? No. no. This Yeah. The story definitely takes place in the vague 1940, 1980 no time mm-hmm. where it's like, well, there's a truck. Yep. But beyond that. They have no, like, I feel like it could kind of exist in the Footloose Town. You know what I mean? Footloose Town, this could be sort of, without the truck, this would be. Oh, there's a whole story behind it. Okay, great. Um, Death beckoned to him. The boy drove back to the farm as fast as he could and told his grandfather what had happened. Give me the truck, he begged. I'll go to the city. He'll never find me there. His grandfather gave him the truck and the boy sped away. This also, this is a very meth thing to say. Like coming home and saying, dad... Or grandfather. Yeah. Death was there. You got to give me the truck. I have to go to the city. Yeah. This is like, sure. That sounds great. As you're texting a hospital or something. Yeah. You can't text a hospital. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with that? Imagine if you could text the hospital. Do me a favor. Please compose for me what the text would be. The first text you would send. I'm going to send you a text that I would send to the hospital. Okay. You keep reading. Okay. Um, his grandfather gave him the truck and the boy sped away after he left his grandfather went into town looking for death when he found him he asked why did you frighten my grandson that way he is only 16 he's too young to die I am sorry about that said death I did not mean to beckon to him but I was surprised to see him here you see I have an appointment with him this afternoon in the city That's the end, honey. Oh, my God. That's this is kind of based on, I think, an old like an ancient Sumerian. Yeah. Called like an appointment in Samara. Yes. Let me find it. And in that one, it's like death is a beautiful woman, which is kind of a nice. I don't know. Which is kind of a nicer take on things. Oh, oh, the picture of the picture in this one is. Super oh, yeah. Scary. It's really it's it gives you a fright. Um, there we go. Let me find it. Yeah. Wait, where's the picture? The picture is of where? Oh yeah, classic it's like Grim Reaper. Yeah, it's a floating um, truck with Grim Reaper sort of floating too. And he's pointing. pointing up at the truck. Yeah. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, that's a scary one. Are you looking up a woman tomorrow? Yes. Okay, I'm composing the text message Please, to the hospital. I do need to text a hospital actually. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I think what I think as a kid, what scared me was that death was someone that your grandpa could talk to, you know, like that death was somebody who like my grandpa knew where he was to be like, hey, I'm not happy with you. You know, Um, I preferred thinking of death as like a less tangible entity. Somehow that was less scary. Yeah, I didn't like that. It was someone you could like make an appointment with. I remember being like, oh, it's a job interview. Um, Um, But... Yeah, I think – well, I also think what's interesting about this story 
just including it in the scary stories to tell in the dark is it's a little bit of a gotcha. Like there's a little bit of like oh, a yeah. lightheartedness to it. And it's funny that it's not in the joke section. There's like in every book, there's like these scary oh. stories don't scare you. They make you laugh. And it feels like this one could belong in that one. Oh, I disagree. I, oh, to this me, this you? is one of the scariest. He's going to kill him. You can't escape death. Right. You can't get smart. But he doesn't want to kill you. You know? But he's going to. Well, he's coming to, if, like, you're going to die and then he's going to come pick you up. That's how I interpreted it. Wait, what? Like, death doesn't kill you. I, th- In my understanding of it, oh. it's like, it's like the guy's going to get in a car accident or something. And then death's going to go pick him up. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because he's speeding away. Right. And that's the whole thing. Like, death sees him and is like, oh, my God. Honestly. Oh, my God. <laughs> This Wait, does, Brian? This does remind me of one time years ago, um, uh, Rachel Bloom, who we went to who we went to school with, mm-hmm. a very talented, amazing actor and writer and super funny. Um, She's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. I ran into her. I was on my way to rehearsal and I ran into her and, and I was so surprised and happy to see her. And she acted as though like we should be seeing each other. And then she was like, oh. hey, blah, blah. And then she was like, so where should we go? And I was <gasps> like, What? And she was like, where, where do you want to get lunch? And I was like, uh, what? I, and then I, I, my, my brain was racking because I was like, I don't, did I completely forget to? And then suddenly our other friend, Andrew Butler, walked up and was like, hey, like, oh. let's get lunch. And what, it, what I think it happened was there was some, sw- like, she had our number switched in her phone. Oh. And either, here's what I never figured out that I'd have to pick a brain about. I never figured out whether... It was that she thought she was texting Butler and then I showed up and then her brain worked so fast that she was like, I must have switched the numbers and I texted him instead. And so now I have to just pretend like I was supposed to get lunch with him or whether it was she thought she was texting me and texted Butler. In any event, they went and got lunch and everything was fine and I went off to my rehearsal. But it was a moment where truly I was like, am I I leading a different life from the life I think I'm leading? That's so crazy. That yeah. it really scared me. I've had situations like that before where like someone's numbers I can't oh it was like I thought it was someone's friend's number in my phone. I used to be able to remember stuff and then it just went away. But like <laughs> there was something where for a long time I was texting someone excitedly and then realized when they like didn't come to the house. I don't even know who it was, and there's no way to find out, but um, <laughs> I can't wait for this hospital text. Yeah, okay, it's coming now. Um, yeah, I think I think that the other scary thing about this story is, um, <laughs> well, it's that there's, it's wait, that. Wait, I just got the hospital text. Oh, okay. Hey, girl, <laughs> running five minutes late. How long do I have to take a prep in order to be safe? <laughs> Long, how long do I have to take a prep in order to be safe? <laughs> yeah. It's a good question. That's correct. That's what I would text a hospital. Hey, girl, um, on my way, uh, probably nothing. Sorry to be a bitch. Uh, anyway, I feel like I should come trying to be more upfront about my needs lately. Um, I Well, oh, others, other scary thing about the story that I was saying is that, um, that the fact that cities are scary. Not just Cities in the middle of the country. Scary. It subverts the expectation. Yeah, because you think ghosts go in regular sort of field, a ghost right. field. Yeah. On a ghost farm. Right, but not in the city. But there are ghosts in the city. There are ghosts in the city. 
they don't walk around the way you think they would. You have a very not haunted apartment, though. In New York? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so, too. And I'm pretty scared of everything. And I haven't been scared necessarily right. in that house. I think the main thing is that my bathroom is right outside my uh, bedroom. <gasps> oh, yeah. Which is great. Because usually ghost, the ghost, here's the thing about ghosts. They want to interrupt you peeing at night. They yeah. don't want you to pee at night. Mm-mm is what I my brain believes that if you get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom that's when ghosts happen mm-hmm. because they're up and it's right. their time it's basically like if your roommate came home when you weren't expecting them <laughs> and you're sitting in your underwear like eating peanut yeah butter. like oh hi <gasps> oh um I, do you need the tv sorry like here's like a box with a tape of my mom poisoning me on it do you not want me to have my feet on the counter on the coffee table if I'm wearing socks no I like wipe down I wipe it down. It's just you don't see that happen either. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like your roommate getting laid off and then just being around all the time. Um, I had a very uh, our our current apartment is not is not like a scary haunted seeming apartment. Um, um oh, do you think? Oh, although I had that I think you guys just have scary things. Yeah, <laughs> you that's have true. like your taste is like It's sort of like drawing room. The one scary thing about our apartment building was before they put a washer and dryer in our unit, which that's just no verb brag. Um, Mm -hmm. The garage in our building had the laundry room in it. Oh, Um, scary. And a couple, so a couple like scary things that happened there were one is I went down to change my laundry um, and I heard a child's voice in the garage. No. But it's a huge garage. But I heard a child's voice like echo from the other side of the garage. Uh Uh-oh. No. Fuck that. And I was like looking for a parent and I didn't see anyone and that scared me. Um, Sucks. But then the other thing that was scary – well, the other thing that's scary about that garage, as our friend Emily Schmidt pointed out, is that it eats sound. Like it's not a very – Echoey? It's not all that echoey. It actually eats sound in a way that I don't understand. Weird. But um, something that I was complicit in that made our building a little scarier is that one time, this sounds like a scary story to tell in the dark. One time, it was like 10 p.m. on a Saturday. Chris and I had ordered pizza. I go downstairs, and I our pizza guy's waiting at the door. I let him in, and then a man in a security guard outfit walks into, like, I didn't let him in. I just opened the door for the pizza guy, and he, like, sidled in. Now, our oh. building... Typically at night does have a security guard who like walks around the building, you know. And so I, you know, I'm like, well, this must be the security guard. I had a moment where I was like, do I engage and be like, hey, is everything okay? But then I was like, but then I don't want to be the jerk who's like, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't want to be that person. So um, I let him in. I went upstairs, but I had this like weird pit in my stomach. And I like got, I like brought Chris the pizza and was like, this thing happened, but I didn't. And he was like, yeah, there's really nothing you could have done. The next day. Uh, our building manager posts a picture on our like group wall that's like, hi, um, somehow uh, a person in a security guard outfit made his way into the building last night and he stole a bunch of clothes from the laundry room. <gasps> and there was a picture of him and it was the man who I let in and oh. he was carrying massive bundles of clothes, wearing like multiple jackets. Now, here's the thing. My first thought was, if if this were a, a colder month in LA, like... Oh, this is this is like a, a homeless person warm. who's no. trying to get warm. It was in the dead of summer, and it was like during a week where it was like 112 degrees every day. So God only knows. That's um, for a Buffalo Exchange trip. <laughs> but I felt so bad because I was responsible for that. Oh no! I yeah. mean, I feel like anyone would have done the same exact thing. 
Yeah. I mean, the version of this, the scary stories to tell in the dark version of this would be like a per- someone ends up dead, not like someone's, someone's you know, bath mac. Yeah, stolen. not even just regular dead. It would be like complicated dead where it's like they're, uh, they're an apple now and they have to live outside. <laughs> but our Brooklyn apartment in Crown Heights one so time. So haunted. That was haunted. I woke up and I woke, I was taking a bath and I. Uh, you woke up in the bath? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was taking a bath kind of late at night. Chris is out of town. And then I heard someone in our apartment go, hey. No. Like, I swear I heard that. And then I thought, like, who have we given keys to? Like, And I got up. And we do live on a courtyard, so I'm sure it was, like, some acoustic thing. But one of the most disconcerting things is to just experience it. Hey. Oh, I – well, I'll have this where I get so tired late at night that I start to hear voices. (gasps) Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, yeah. It's like it. It's sort of it's on the level of like imagining something in your head, but it just feels somehow amplified, and it's always like a deep man's voice. Oh no! Which is honestly, it's good. It's like a little alarm that says you gotta go to bed, <laughs> otherwise you're gonna have blood on your hands. Oh god, that's scary. It's very scary. Um, scary like death. The scariest thing, the scariest city story I've heard is. Emma Koenig tells this story about when her parents lived in the city and she was a baby and they slept with her cradle in their room and their cradle was near the window and they lived on like the third (gasps) floor. And um, in the middle of the night, one time her like mom or dad woke up and just saw a hand reaching in through the window down (gasps) towards the baby. And that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. On the third floor? Like the third or second floor. It was not at ground level. And it wasn't a fire escape? I... Uh, the way it was told, it did not seem to be that there was there was a fire escape, and that's what makes it so scary. I'm like gonna cry. That's yeah. so scary. It's like I don't. I suspect that the hand was not coming in to snatch him up, you know, uh, but like probably to like rob the place. But still, the concept of like, ugh, that's just you the gotta pet thing. a baby if you're a ghost. <laughs> you gotta pet a baby. You gotta pet a baby. Yeah, cities are scary. They're everywhere scary. Like, to me, the suburbs, like if a movie takes place in a suburban house, I'll be like uh, the um, the scene in the It trailer oh, is yeah. very scary. Yep. And like the visit is very scary to me, even if it's not ghosts, if it's like crazy people, like anything in a suburban house to me is the scariest. Mm-hmm. But also rural stuff, very scary. Yeah, this one gets the best of both worlds. You got it all. Yeah. Speaking of death, you've have you seen the like the Final Destination movies? I Do you haven't. It's too scary to me. Yeah, it's it's scary in a weird way. It's like in case you haven't seen it, it's like someone manages to avoid death and saves a bunch of people from like some imminent disaster that they have a vision about happening, and then that vision comes true, and then death, you know, uh, invisibly kills them off one by one through like a series of insane accidents to have happen. And here's the thing I learned because I we watched we have a thing with our friends called Spooky Sunday where people come over on Sunday nights and we watch a spooky movie together. That's now that so you're here, good. You're oh my god, I have to do Spooky Sunday. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we watched the first we watched the first episode and we noticed that it was directed and written by the oh what's his name who did the X Files? Um, oh shit, uh, Vince Gilligan. No, no. Uh, I want to say Chris. Oh, James. I know all of their names. Yeah, it's not. It's not Chris. Car- uh, let me see. Let me see. It's not Chris Carter. It's. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. It's like James. No, no. James Wong. James Wong. Oh yeah. Um, 
And Final Destination was written as an episode of The X Files. <gasps> And the movie, so there are smart. even two FBI agents in it who clearly are like, there are two men in this one, but it's like clearly supposed to be Mulder and Scully. Um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, you watch it and you're sort of like, oh yeah, this is just a sort of bloated X-Files episode. Um, but oh yeah, I much prefer Death as a Grim Reaper type. So in Final Destination, there's no, it's you just never, the force of death. You never see them. It's the God of Death. He's yeah, out of life. Right, right. And he, yeah, or, or you know, they. The no, uh, death is a boy, <laughs> same as God. Death was born as a boy. And he's straight and he likes big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's just facts. And that's a scary story you have to remember. That's just science and that's the Bible. science for you. Um, but yeah, those movies are scary. Although I don't, I really don't like seeing people get tortured in horrible ways. Like I know. There was that one where those girls died in a tanning bed and that I could never no, watch. Fuck it just off. scared me too much. Fuck that. That is someone who a little bit hates women, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what? And I hope we're seeing kind of a turnaround in that in horror. Cause I also, I, people who hate the Kardashians, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I think you're showing your hand just a little bit. Yeah, it's just easier like, for you to oh, say Oh, they're like, the worst. There's no lower form of life. I heard someone say that. I was like, I was like hey, what about the- Who hurt you? Yeah, what about the Oklahoma City bomber? I know. That's pretty low. Like, he's 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 lower. Well, he's dead. He's so dead, I guess yeah. that doesn't the count. The lowest form Ashes. Ashes. Lowest form of life. Think about it. Um, But, uh, oh, the idea, I think what scared me so much about this story as a kid is that uh, you can't, there's nothing you can do to like negotiate Mm -hmm. with death that like you can think you're being smart, but that there are things that are just set that like aren't gonna, you can't wiggle your way out of certain things. Yeah. Fate is scary. It's scary and it's like hard to wrap your head around because it's like, who did it? Who did fate? <laughs> who did? Hi, almost at hospital. Who did fate? <laughs> Let me know when you can. Sorry to text so late. What would you say is your best death? Best death? Yeah. Uh, I think about it all the time. Mm. Um, Preference. I guess. I mean, everyone wants to die in your sleep, but let's mm-hmm. take that off the table. Yeah, let's yeah. say you're awake. Mm-hmm. Um... Head blown off from the back. Head blown off from the back. Because you don't see it coming and yeah. you dead immediately. Yeah. But I guess that's hard for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's say, oh God, no, I don't no. know. No, you, you you're think? probably right. I don't you're know. probably right. What do you think? Um, yeah, because you don't see it. Um, I would say I had a, I I don't know this person. This is like in the family lore, some relative who who died laughing at like a family function. Like a heart attack from laughing too hard? Yeah, like a a burst blood vessel in their brain or something. (laughs) I I know no other details. Were they laughing after they started to die? (laughs) That would be me. That's I. That was the first thing I thought when you said it was they died laughing. Is like they knew it was coming and they just started uh, laughing. At. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, I, it's funny. My dad once said to me, like he was like, "Better get your blood pressure checked because uh, everyone in our family dies of a stroke, sudden big massive stroke." I was oh. like, "That's how everyone dies." And I will say that I would, I'd be cool with that. Just like yeah. a sudden, like boom. Um, I don't or, know how sudden it is. But if it was going to be something dramatic, like. <laughs> <laughs> head blown off from the back. H B O F T B. I feel like I will be. You know what it would probably be. I'll have just complained about something really inane. I'll be in uh-huh. New Hampshire in the middle of winter. 
Uh-huh. And um, sometimes maple trees explode. Did you know this? Yes. And it yeah, can, that the it sap can kill freezes. Pe- yeah, and it can kill people if it, the ricochet. Oh. So I feel like I would have just said something like, um, like, well, <laughs> these shoes are taking longer to break in than I thought. And then the tree would explode and then I'd be killed instantaneously. That's really nice. Yeah. I like that for you. That seems like you. I know it's going to be something goofy. There's no... That's my fear. We were talking about this. I'm afraid of a complicated death where it's like I farted and <laughs> died. Or like we're talking about how this is true. Um, Big Bird was supposed to be on the Challenger. That, and he got swapped out for the school teacher. That revelation when you, you told me that yesterday. Yeah. In line for Soren. Henry Gamble told me this a few weeks ago and I just remembered it yesterday at Disney. Yeah. Did when you, we were waiting in line for Soren. Did all of you know this? That Big Bird was supposed to be on the Challenger instead of the teacher from New Hampshire that is can you imagine what that episode of Sesame Street would have been like it just the first thing I imagined was all the memes of like people putting yellow feathers oh no explode Oh, oh my God! You know, like so. Sometimes space needs a life, and it <laughs> we takes offer up a sacrifice in the form of a bird. Sometimes he flew too close to the space. <laughs> the reason why I know I'm going to die in a very goofy way is one time I was at a um, minor league baseball game with our friend Nick Packard, and I was avoiding. There was like some horrible sticky mess on the ground. And I was just about to step in it and he was like, watch out. And I took a step to the left and I stepped on a huge mustard packet and it exploded mustard all the way up my legs, all the (laughs) way up my pants. Like there wasn't a iota of mustard left in that packet. It had burst with such force that it was all over me. And Nick was like, that had to happen. Like, yeah, there was no way that wasn't going to happen. You were going to step on something awful. And that's how I feel like it'll be, which is fine. I'm fine with it too. I think, yeah. yeah, I I often think about something's wrong with Aunt. What's her name? <gasps> Diane. Oh my God! That documentary drove about the, the woman. wrong way on yeah. that. I'm like, that would be me. Where they were like, she doesn't drink, but like, <laughs> she I don't like know. peppermint schnapps. It was some crazy. There was pepper like that. She had pain. She had tooth pain or something. Yeah. That there's all sorts of. I'm fascinated by it. Right. Um, they also show her dead body in this, oh. and I have that image in my head I can see it right now I'm looking at you through it and um, it's not my favorite she's not there you know she's gone yeah what I'm I always think it's funny like the last thing I'll say before I die or like the quote that they'll use you know yeah like right now my reel is not so great I don't know what they would show and it would just be on like Palm Beach County news I know mine I know I'd probably be like apologizing while also being kind of a bitch. It would be my single line that was cut from Keeping Up with the Joneses, where I peeked my head into a door and asked Zach Galifianakis, hey, can I use your computer real fast? And then that would be it. Oh, yeah. Or your lines that were cut from uh, Allegiant? Oh, yeah. Allegiant. The Divergent. Uh, what was your line from that? Um, I sh- I screamed at Naomi Watts that she was a liar. What, what did you say? Um, I said, you're a liar! Just like that. And, and that's I, it. I shouted. We were in like a stone coliseum. And we, I had to go. I had to be there at 430 in the morning to do a read through. And she was there. And oh um, it was very funny. We were just like sitting in a circle. And then I had to scream that at her. It was the silliest thing I've ever and done. And then you were like, OK, bye. Bye. Thanks so much. It was it's a such a pleasure meeting with you. You're a liar. I think about that all the time. And then um, all the extras turned on me. There were 500 extras that day. Mm-hmm. And I just had a single dumb line. I feel like there should have been no difference between us. And there was a little stool in the back of the, like the stone cubby that I was in. And um, I wasn't using it. And like some older woman who's an extra 
sat down in it and then someone with a megaphone or um yeah megaphone like down on the ground shouted up at her excuse me background that stool is for primary only so the only person who can use that stool is andrew raise your hand andrew and then i was like anyone can use that and he was like no only you can use the stool and then they all hated me and then when I got back from lunch to relieve my stand-in, because they had a stand-in for me, even though I had a single line that was cut, um, I came back and I said, how was your lunch? And he looked at me with such bitterness and said, not as good as yours. And I said, oh, I'm sure it's all pretty much the same thing. And he said, no, they gave us pasta and corn. I mean. And I was like, yeah, okay. Those it. are the only two foods I ever <laughs> want to eat anyway. I love that. The stool. I also love that the union, like is in charge of who gets stool. That stool is in union. Yeah. I, that was, it was such a surprise. It was such a surprise to me. That being said, um, I love being in film. Please cast me. Please love it cast very much. my friend Andrew. I had and, a great time. You know, he'll be good. And cast Anna. She cast is. Cast me. I'm tired. I don't really like acting, but I do still think that I'm doing it. Right. She plays an amazing seal. She plays. Play a good uh, seal. A really great witch. Play an angry men. Yep. A lot of angry uh, men. Play good. Stand up comedian as myself. It's exclusively casting directors listening to this, right? Oh, I hope so. It's like <laughs> casting directors who are our friends who wouldn't consider us anyway. No, no. Oh, they're so sweet. They're fun. Oh my Let's, god, you're so funny. I literally love you. Let's anyway. avoid the professional friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was a great story, Anna. Thank you. Again, uh, something more lofty. It's just a shorty. It's like a quickie. It's it's three men who are dealing with each other, mm-hmm. which is great. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Have. Have we been interested to hear any like brushes with death you've had? Oh my god, that feels like another kind of good one that kind of fits into the scary story trope. I know. Um, I thought you were going to tell a near death story, but it turned out to be mustard. <laughs> oh yeah, it was mustard. I've had plenty of near death stories, but that was just an example yeah. of like I could have made one mistake, but no, I, I was predestined too. to make a much worse mistake that yeah. made me look silly as hell. You know? Yeah. Well, you broke your back on a roller coaster twice. two times. Yeah. Two times. Um, but that's a story. For another, another week, episode. and you did so good at Disney. Which I is did. A different episode. I avoided the rides that would have broke my back. I was so worried about the uh, Indiana Jones ride because it was so much wiggling, but yes, apparently wiggling, wiggling fine. Nope, it's just hard impact. Popping. So if you ever want to kill me, a hard impact would break roller my back. coaster that's like thematically irresistible, <laughs> like the Mummy and Van Helsing, and also <laughs> like. Um, I don't know, like strangers with candy level the insider t- comedy. The two roller coasters that I did make break my back on were sort of like roller coasters that you would think you'd break your back on, called the Cannonball and oh. the Cyclone. Um, so yeah, no, that was your first date with Chris, right? That was Second? with my husband. My uh, he he like pre-interviewed me for a date, which I which I thought was our first date, but he was pre-interviewing me. Oh Jesus! And then we had a full we had a Coney Island date. We went on every ride. And then the last thing we went on, and I was fine. My back was fine. We went on the uh, Brooklyn Cycle, and I broke my back. But it was all cool. And then I guilted him into marrying me. Guys, please enjoy the rest of your this week. This Verizon ringback talk. Um, <laughs> please enjoy your week. Please subscribe. Please rate us. Please review us. But only if it's going to be good. If, yeah. it, if you have anything critical to say, just whisper it into your own little pee hole while you're peeing. Yeah, or just DM me on Twitter. DM Andrew. Yeah. Don't even look at me. Right. Don't. Don't you look at it. Hurt people hurt people, and I'm hurt. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Get, Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 
For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.